Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Phil Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgad. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period. Ooh. Second period. Lou Nanny uh, joins us now as he does every Thursday. And Louie, I hate to do this, but uh, it was brought up uh, by our mutual friend Patrick Royce on on Wednesday, and uh, I've been thinking about this. I've got to ask you, 25 years ago Wednesday is the day that Norm officially took our team and moved it to Dallas. What do you recall about that time period when uh, when Norm, because I, I know that it had been brewing for quite some time, but when he officially moved the team from uh, from the Twin Cities to Dallas? Well, I just, uh, you know, it was totally upsetting. It was something that uh, I thought possibly could happen when he got turned down trying to get a shopping mall attached between our rink and the, and, and the Mall of America because uh, he wanted a way to find to make more revenues and he got turned on to uh, put in more suites and he was he was losing quite a bit of money. He was losing about 4 or $5 million a year there because of the crowds uh, during the regular season. And he didn't have the kind of money people thought he had. So um, I, I was hoping he wasn't going to do it, but he did it and it just was devastating. I was hoping for somebody to come in and buy the team or, you know, get him out of it because he was he was in uh, real estate problems there too in 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 Canada yep. as well that people didn't know about it. But my cousin was actually that he didn't even know it was my cousin. He had hired out of Hamilton. He was came in to run the real estate operation up in Canada. And he said, "What a mess this is." Uh, so, Louis, as I recall, the the uh, linchpin to Norm being able to take the franchise was that uh, John Ziegler, who had been president of the league, had given had given uh, the new ownership group a notary, basically, or a note saying that if they weren't successful, they, they could move. What was that exactly? Because Bettman was three months in, and I think Gary's out was, I can't block this because of that. Well, I don't know if it was written or not, or if it was uh, consent, because if you remember... When Norm bought the team, uh, it was owned by Howard Baldwin. Howard bought it first and owned it for a few months before he sold majority ownership to Norm. So he might have made that that uh, agreement with, and it was Howard and, and uh, Morris Bellsberg, and and uh, those two guys might have got that assurance from him. But uh, they uh, they then sold fifty one percent of it to Norm in July. In the June, actually June it was, and then and then in July Howard quit, and about a, two three months after that, 
uh, Morris quit. So it, it was funny because uh, Norm sent uh, Morris myself to Detroit to find out what they did to go from no season tickets to filling the arena, get some ideas. So we went and talked to Jim Light, some other people with the Red Wing operation. Jimmy it was president, and he was the son-in-law of, of uh, Mike Illich. And we came down. And Norm said, you guys get the information? Yeah, let's go and have lunch at Decathlon. And we did. And then uh, we were telling about some of the things. And Morris said, we could do this, this, and this. And, and Norm said, those are terrible ideas. And Morris got up and says, that's it, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. <laughs> I give up. That was it. Lou, what the story of the Dallas Stars, you know, five, five, six years later, after they moved, they won the Stanley Cup. They went to back-to-back Stanley Cups. Uh, do you think if the North Stars had stayed in Minnesota, would the story have been similar? Would 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 they have hoisted a cup? Would they have uh, would they have gone on to be one of the better teams in the West for a number of years? Yeah, they were, and I, you know the the off ice didn't didn't uh, in in any way hurt the on ice. Uh, you know, uh, first it was Clark and Ganey, then Ganey and Hitchcock, and and the way they were running, it wasn't really affected by Norm. And then of course Norm sold out down there and. Uh, and the new owner came in, and, and he was in charge when they won the Stanley Cup. But they they, they didn't have any any effect on the team. The one good thing about uh, you know Norm, the one saving grace he had is he didn't affect what they were doing on the ice. He he let the hockey people run the hockey department like an owner should. And I think the same thing happened when they went to Dallas and he sold the team. So I, I don't anticipate there would have been. Uh, you know, I, you can't see exactly, but I don't. I don't see why there'd be any difference. Yeah, I mean, isn't it like I just think back, and I was I was a kid in the in the '90s, but for Minnesota for almost a decade, during an era where you had those great Red Wings teams, and Colorado gets a team, and they pop up, and they're incredible in the West, and. For Minnesota to not have an NHL team for that decade, for for there to be three movies about Minnesota hockey teams be more popular, you know, in the '90s with Mighty Ducks, like, I just find that to be. I mean, L.A. stole the Minnesota movies hockey jersey and created a team, Anaheim, in the '90s, while Minnesota didn't have a team. When you think back to that era, eight nine years and no professional hockey, that's just it's just so wrong. No, we had a team when Anaheim came in, and uh, you know that's when. <laughs> That's when uh, Bruce McDowell was chairman of the board and uh, Gil Stein was uh, president. And uh, Bruce had the rights there, and, and he cut a separate deal, a special deal for Anaheim to come in. They paid half the, I think they paid half the expansion fee that the other team should have paid, you know. But but we went out right after that. I had already left the team. I left in 91, and the team moved in 93. But uh, they had... They had one or two years there when, when we had, and I'm in with, with the North Stars. I think at that time. What Louis was the uh, the goofiest Norm idea? Because what you had the Dancing Stars, right? You, oh. you had cash given away during games. What was the goofiest thing that that Norm got through and actually did at the Met? Well, hold it. I, you can't just say one. They used to drive me nuts every time. Give me a, game, all of them. He'd go and walk the concourse, and he'd come back down and says, "Louis, we got to do this. I get this idea." I was just talking to a fan. I said, "Norm, you got to quit walking the concourses. They're driving me crazy." <laughs> every, every day was a new idea. It wasn't. Yeah, you know, there just there was never. It was a nonstop thing. It was a nonstop thing. He. Uh, 
he he just was relentless and 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 there were, you know you talk about developing a plan and going with it mm-hmm. it was an hourly plan it changed every hour <laughs> there was no situation that was really you know that's why the best thing that ever happened the hockey department was the other end of the hall and and they never got you know he never got involved in that clark and, and Ganey made certain they stayed completely away from that part of them and uh you know he had no input into that the, the marketing parts what was going on it, it never stopped it never stopped uh, what so so? What was the goofiest idea that Norm had that didn't get through? What don't oh, we know about? I can't remember goofy ideas. I mean, I, you know, it's like remembering the calendar, <laughs> which you did every day. I mean, uh, you know, he. Uh, I I really don't give much thought to what he did. You know, I was there. I I'll tell you what happened when I when Howard bought the team. I had already had a job in the financial business. And Howard says, "Louis, you got to stay." I said, I don't want to stay. I got to get out of this business. It's driving me crazy. He says, I spent thirty-five million dollars, and you're going to leave me like that. You can't do this to me. He said, What's it going to take you to stay? And I said, I'll stay for one year, double my salary. He said, You got a deal, just like that. Well, you know, a month and a half later, he walks in my office and says, For crying out loud, why didn't you tell me Green was a wild man when? I said, why didn't you tell me you were selling the team? You walked in and told me you had already had the deal done, so I had no time to warn you. <laughs> so so Norm comes on, and that morning I went down to see my lawyer. I drew up the contract, came back, and here, Howard signed it. He said, why, why are you doing this today? I says, I want you to sign it today, and when Ed Green gets in, you make sure he signs it. So he signed it, and I made a deal with uh, Piper that I would join him. This is July, and I would join him in April at the end of the season. We were, you know, we were a bad team at that time. We didn't expect to make the playoffs. And so it worked out that at the end, that was April comes, we're in the playoffs. I'm working half a day with the North Stars, half a day down Tom the Piper. But I was doing these, you know, and now Howard leaves me, Morris leaves me, and it's just me and Norm. And and uh, then he brought for C and two other stuff. And, and uh, I had one, I you know, one thing we used to do at Pillsbury all the time, we'd do a calendar and, and we'd sell, sell them season tickets in a calendar for X amount of dollars. And, and, uh, and then we'd have the team go out and take pictures like at the Ordway with tennis shoes on or Rice Park, you know, with different things. Just off the wall, things are very, very catchy and made for a great calendar. So the team's going out, and he says, where's the team going? He says, they're going to Rice Park to take a picture for the calendar. He says, am I in it? I said, no, you're not in it. He says, why not? I said, because you know, nobody's in it except the players. He says, Bobby Clark's not in it? I said, no, Bobby Clark's not in it. He said, what kind of deal did you make? So I tell him, and he says, well, I didn't sign off on him. Tell me we want to double the money. I said, you haven't signed off on a deal since you've been here. I said, and that's my word, and I'm not and I'm not going against it. And he said, well, we can't continue to work like this. I said, we're not. I'm out of here in April. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not a problem. I'm no. quitting, Norm. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, game seven tonight, 7 o'clock, for a trip to the Western Conference Finals. Lou, I think I'm I'm back and forth. I think I'm rooting for the Predators now just for the sake of the beat riders to be able to go two weeks back and forth between two of the great party cities in America, Vegas and Nashville. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure they'd like it, and, and I'm sure more than you, the U.S. television would like it because, they, yeah. you know, they Winnipeg's not a big draw in U.S. television. 
Uh, I like for Poyle to win. If it wasn't for David Poyle, I want Winnipeg to win. I, uh, they got a lot of Minnesota guys that are close to us. I do think that, uh, you know, Nashville should be favored tonight, and they're at home, and everybody's going to be excited. But I personally think that playing that sixth game in Winnipeg hurt Winnipeg because they're young. They've got a chance to go to the conference finals, and I think they're pinching their sticks tighter than you can imagine. And they believe that they're probably going to be looser playing in Nashville yep. tonight than they were in Winnipeg the other night. Yeah, and I, I thought in Game 5, the, the Preds were actually tight because of the same thing, Louie. It, yeah, look, it looks like if you're at home, that pressure from the fans is actually works against you, not for you in some ways. Well, especially if you get by the first 10 minutes, you know, yep. and you're right in the game, and then then it starts really getting tight on the home team. Louie, if, uh, if, if Fenton is going to be named the GM of this team, which I think is going, going to, to be the case, should we be pulling for the Jets tonight so he can get the job here? Because... I don't, don't know how important the time passing is, but it seems to me that the quicker he can get here and work with uh, Bruce and start to make evaluations, that's probably not a bad thing. I don't think it's going to affect whether he wins or loses. He'll be named right after it anyway. Because if you remember back, Judd, when, when Fletcher came here, he was in the playoffs the same way with Pittsburgh. And they hired him, and he had to leave Pittsburgh. Okay. So I, I'm sure that uh, you know Leopold will do the same thing if, if and I do believe he's going to hire Fenton. If he does, he'll probably announce him Friday or Monday or something. What, what's your expectation once he does get the job for uh, potential changes? Well, <laughs> I'm going to be interested to see because if you make changes just to make changes, then you make bad changes. There got to be changes that are thought out, changes that, uh, you know, you, you've got an idea and a plan what you want to do with the team, then fine. But uh, I hope that he's not encouraged just to make changes to make changes. Because uh, you got to give it a lot of thought. You got to make certain that what you're, what you're adding is better than what you're giving up. And what changes you're making. Do you think so? So Craig Leopold is very has been very public about this is not a rebuild. In fact, I will not hire a general manager that doesn't see eye to eye with me, and that this team can still win the Stanley Cup. Do you think that's if if a GM came in and interviewed and said, you know what, I think there's a two or three year sort of a tear it down thing that could lead us somewhere better in four years. Should Craig be more open minded to that, or are you all in on accelerator down? Well, if I'm looking at being the GM here, and I heard him say that, I'd come in and t- you tell him what he wants to hear until you get there, and then you do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? That's, exactly That's so funny. Right. Look yeah. me in the eye and tell me that you won't make significant changes. Okay, Craig, I won't yeah, make big yeah, changes. Yeah, I won't make any changes till. The next day, and okay, yeah, we got the precinct suitor to give up their no trade. They're gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I think that uh, you know they after he's here, and then uh, he, he articulates his plan. Once he starts doing it, then uh, Craig's going to have to go along with you. He's going to have you know at the least he's going to sign him a three-year contract, and then after you articulate the plan, if you don't want you and he wants to fire you for three years on the contract you got, then you go. So he's not going to do that. Yeah, it, is being um, stuck probably too strong a word, but is 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 having a head coach in place who's going to st- stay here a good thing, a bad thing, or does not r- really affect things to you? Well, you know, um, it all depends who the coach is, and, and because uh, Bruce has had a lot of success, so I, I think it's it's not a bad thing for him to have the coach. You know, you you got a good coach in place. Normally the general manager is going to want to hire his coach. But when you're coming in off a team like that, uh, it's usually a team that didn't make the playoffs, and so you're looking to change a coach or right. make the changes. But now you've got a guy that won over 100 points two years in a row. 
Well, you don't just pluck them off trees. So I think that uh, he's not going to have a problem with that. And and I would say this, you know, he'll spend a year with him, and then uh, the contract doesn't matter whether he's got two years to go or whatever. The general manager will make his case. If he thinks he has to make a change, he'll make a change. But I think that he's lucky he's got Bruce, and he won't want to make a change. Yeah. Thanks, Louie. Appreciate okay. it. Okay, guys. Talk, talk to you next week. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Lou Nanny. Uh, let's I love fire, those North Star ship stories. Well, let's fire up the Lou Nanny postgame show when we come back. Mackie right. and Judd, and later on, Roy Small. Mackie and Judd now continue. Prepare to be dazzled. On 1500 ESPN. All right, welcome back to the Lou Nanny interview postgame show on Mackie and Judd, where we dissect all things from the Lou Nanny interview every Thursday at 10 o'clock. I like the, I like uh, the hockey music there. Good job. So I wasn't sure what um, he would um, say. Um, um, um. Because he, you know, he goes back. He's he definitely roots for the Wild to win. So he, I, I wasn't when I asked him if you were the new GM or, or just like what are your thoughts on Craig Leopold sort of mandating that whoever he hires pushes forward to a Stanley Cup. Is that even possible with this roster? And he said he laughs and he goes, "Well, you tell Craig what he wants to hear, and then you make the moves that need to be made as soon as you get the job. It's going to be a three year contract probably. So unless he, like, basically you tell him." Oh yeah, we're for sure going to push forward, and then you immediately pick up the phone and shop Eric Stahl. I love right? you, I love your roster. This roster is fantastic. Oh, Craig. You're is... right. A tweak here or there. We're going to get a we're going to get a left a shot defenseman in here. We're going to get a new stick boy, and we're going to be in great shape. And the left shot defenseman is going to be about 19 years old, and it hasn't been drafted yet. Yeah, quite frankly, but besides but, that, we're fine. Yeah. No, I mean he. <laughs> that mentality is basically what, what we all thought, right? When when Wiggins and Taylor sat down. That was the funniest thing about all, all of these stories is that way, you know, when Glenn Taylor looked Andrew in the eye and said, tell me this, Andrew, I'm about to get, make you a max play. I'm about to make you a rich man for life. Your kids will be set. Your parents are set. Everyone in your family for years and years is set. All you got to do is tell me you're going to be a changed man. You're going to, of course, Mr. Taylor, of course, I'm going to do what you want. What he didn't say is that day is, by the way, I love my shot. It's not very effective. So, yeah, I think that Louis is a thousand percent right. I think when a human being is sat down and said, I'm going to give you this job, but all you got to tell me is you're going to do what I tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Um, now that you've brought up the Wiggins thing, I've just got a flood of negative emotions going through my whole body right now because it's just like if, if you're rooting for the Wolves to break through and win big for multiple years, that contract is such an albatross starting now. And you know what? If they had just if they had just gone to him instead of instead of saying, hey, We've got a briefcase full of $150 million guaranteed dollars right over here in the corner. We just need to know that you're in. Are you in? And he, he just has to say yes, and he gets to sign. They could have made him prove it with his actions. They could have said, all right, so we don't think you're a max player right now because you can't really dribble, you take bad shots, you're not good at shooting, and um, I guess they wouldn't have foreseen the free throw percentage drop yet. But like, there's a bunch of reasons why you're not a max player. You're not a good leader, all these things. So we're going to let you go into this contract year in which you'll be a restricted free agent, by the way. A restricted yeah. free agent. So we can match we what, got you. Whoever, like whatever team out there yes. thinks thinks his value is high. Yep. Uh, we're going to match that contract offer, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think, I think the max that somebody else in a restricted environment could offer is a four-year deal. And probably nowhere near 25 or $30 million in terms of like maybe somebody offers that, but I don't think so. So... Then you could have just said, "All right, we'll just." I mean, you're you're definitely going to be with us for four or five years, but uh, we're gonna we'll just match, we'll match whatever yeah. the league's perception is of you. And if you improve, you'll get paid huge. And if yeah. you don't, 
We're, we're not like, on the hook. Like if you flipped yes. it around now, yes. if you flipped it around now and you gave any other team a chance to match an internal offer of five years, $150 million, would any other team in the league match that and take him? Probably well, not. No. Probably not. I so think, it makes me so mad to think about that. I think the hardest thing to, to accept and the more you're around in life, the more you just have to is this. There are certain people who you can motivate, push the right buttons, and it works, and God bless them, it's great. And there's certain people you just can't. They're ju- you just can't. I think we all think when we're young, well, if you just did it this way, it's going to work. But when you look at guys like Wiggins, Sano, part of the realization has to be it just might not work. And there's nothing anybody can do that's going to push that exact right button to unlock. Because the, the toughest thing, especially in sports, is untapped potential because the potential's there. But there are times where I think you have to look at players and executives and coaches and just realize that there's that you're not going to get through. And in the case of Wiggins and Snow, who are around, uh, Snow's a little older. He's like a, a year or two older. But relative to their sport, they're at like a really similar point in their sport uh, like curve. If the checklist of things they have to work on to fulfill their potential is like five or six things deep, do they really have that much potential to begin with if a guy can't really dribble or shoot very well if a guy is 50 pounds too heavy to play third base and doesn't really do anything except try to pull the ball 500 feet to left field i mean like maybe we're overrating the potential of these guys based on what we thought when they were 19 or 20 years old the snow frustration for me is the fact though that he came up and we saw it and then it's gone backwards Wiggins, you might be right. But we saw it with Chris Parmalee for a month, too. Not to say, like, but I mean, Miguel Sano is better than Chris Parmalee. But the but. Sano pitch selection was so good. The approach was so smart. It was so it was so refined for that age. Where did it go? But my point being is there might be no way to untap it. It might just be gone. And that's why when you, when you whiff on a pick, Christian Ponder, it's sort of humorous because it's like that was a terrible pick and it didn't work and he's a he's a massive bust and disappointment. But guess what? You just screwed it up. So it's not really sad. It's comical at times. But when it comes to Wiggins, Sano, it's sad. If Miguel Sano gets traded to Tampa Bay and goes there and hits 35 home runs for a couple of years and then and then balloons up to 450 and is at home eating bonbons, that's really sad. That's a sad story. What's higher, his on-base percentage or his current weight? Uh, right now, I think it's his current weight. Might be his current weight. But that is that that to me is where you look at a story and say that's really too bad because there was something there and for whatever reason the person didn't care that much. Roy Smalley in an hour. We'll talk to him. Uh, Dave, what kind of stuff do you have when we come back? I've got another highlight from inside the NBA last night. I think the Vikings are getting disrespected, and there's one MLB pitcher who's got problems. Okay. We'll do that. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl for a second here, the number one REMAX results team in America, and uh, the fact that houses are just flying off the shelves now. You put your house on the market, it's a seller's market, and it might sell in three days, five days. Mine sold a year ago in three days. It was, actually, I take that back, it was three hours. It was literally three hours. We put it on the market at noon on like a Saturday, uh, exclusive open house, it was gone in three hours. And then the question is, well, where am I going to live? If my house sells in three days, I don't want to have to move twice or be rushed into buying a home that 
my family and I don't really love? Well, the Chris Lindahl team has an exclusive way to tap into all kinds more homes, thousands more homes available than you think when you just go online the old-fashioned way uh, to, to an MLS site. You can get over your cellophobia through the Chris Lindahl team's artificial intelligence on chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or call 763-401-SOLD. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Wow, this is bad. This is a cliffhanger. Mackie and Judd. Cliffhanger. On 1500 ESPN. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You guys are all encompassing. Mackey and Judd. You can listen to this for a little bit of pop culture, a little Correct. bit of uh, what's hip in the city. On 1500 ESPN. That stuff you should know about is sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty Mutual Insurance. Mackey and Judd show. Give me a go, no go for stuff you should know about. Go, producer. Go. Technical go. music. Go. Volume. Go. The actual stuff. We are go. Control. We are a go. You are clear to launch. Stuff you should know about. We are go for launch. Wait, 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 wait. You can't do that without playing the birds flying into the glass at the stadium. There. Two dead birds. Three, four, five. Oh, the carnage, Dave Harrigan. The carnage. This is really bad. Oh, my. It's such a clear day, too. The poor birds. Watch out. Oh, no. Another oh. dead bird. Oh, I think I think the button the button just turned red on me here. I, Is that a cardinal that just flew in there? A blue jay? Oreo? It's a falcon. And an eagle. <laughs> and a cardinal. Uh, yeah. And a raven. There's a lot of a lot of bird a lot of bird team names. Thank you all for Hitchcock. <laughs> and a seahawk. It just doesn't even really exist. It's just like a made-up bird. I tried to do a first grade. We In first grade, we had to write about an animal. Like do a one-page handwritten just to test our sure. Can, can you form words basically as a first grader, and uh, and I chose a Seahawk because football, and my teacher whose name is it ironically or coincidentally coincidentally her name is Mrs. Fish at the time, and uh, she informed me that a Seahawk is not an actual bird. It's like there's a seagull and there are hawks. Yeah, but there's not actually a Seahawk. What a killjoy! So I wrote about tigers instead. Oh, so you had to write a what? different paper? Uh, or no, I wrote about sharks. I think it was sharks, some other like wait, wait. aggressive animal. She wouldn't let you just write the paper anyway. Well, you had to do some research, like go. You well, you did you're yours? in first grade. What research are you gonna do? You well, there's no, there is dressing no, neon yeah, green. Jim, oh, I could. Yeah. Jim Zorn's playing for the Seahawks. So you're saying I could have just written about the football team, yes, but now exactly. you're supposed to write about the animal. They probably played in the Kingdom at the time. I mean, yeah, come on, that's fine. Mrs. Fish, come on. Yeah, Killjoy. Not cool. I have a list, gentlemen. Off the top of your head, tell me the best Viking under the age of 25. Quick, go. Dalvin Cook. Judd doesn't have Judd any. Judd is a <laughs> Judd's like, Dalvin math, Cook's fine. Math. Uh, that's a good choice. In in my research, looking at the roster, all the ages, there's three guys that, at least in my opinion, would rival that. Mm-hmm. Big Lead has put out the 25 best NFL players under the age of 25. I have scrolled through that. Deshaun Watson's number one. Then Zeke Elliott, Marcus Mariota. We scroll all the way down. Todd Gurley, Kamara. Oh, Gurley is still that young. 
crazy. Yeah, yeah. You got a lot of Jameis Winston's on. Oh, Landon Collins, Christian. Jameis Winston, huh? Uh, Miles Garrett, Sam Darnold. He hasn't even played a game. He's twenty-one. Goofy. Oh, there's a Viking. Finally, at number twenty-five Disrespect. on the list. Disrespect. Stefan Diggs okay. is the guy that makes the list. He's still twenty-four. Wait, they're saying that Stefan Diggs is not as good as Sam Darnold. That's correct. I get that. Like quarterback oh. is more valuable, and if Darnold was a great quarterback, he'd be above. That's. It gets worse. Aggressive. Yeah. How so, so? Our best Viking is Stefan Diggs at 25 on this 25 under 25 list. They also have the just missed section where they have about 10 names of guys who are close but not quite. Dalvin Cook isn't even on that. Daniil Hunter made that portion. Okay. Dalvin isn't even mentioned. Oh, well. He only played like f- four games. But again, Sam Darnold Sam has Darnold never played, has not played game. Game. Big lead? Big lead, yes. USA Today. No, they're... They- they're full of it. They got no idea then. They don't know about the Vikings. 4.8 yards of carry, a couple touchdowns. They don't know about our limited purple. action. Oh, Fly over country. I'm with you. Where's the Absolutely big lead? I'm sure all the writers are from like LA and New York, big cities. Yeah, that's all Sam Darnold. Yep. Yeah, unless they're just stopping through our airport, they don't know. Did you guys see Drew Bledsoe having some fun last night at the Celtics yes. game? I saw a thousand tweets about this too. Yeah, I met Drew- Terry Rozier. Those two exchanged handshakes, hugs. Bledsoe got a medium-sized Terry Rozier jersey. He made a joke about that, and the actually he actually did do a post-game press conference. Drew Bledsoe. I saw him sitting so. at the press. Yeah. Yes, it's going to be Terry Rose, the wine he makes. <laughs> did you oh, say that? Yes, he did. Oh. Someone asked. He he's was a big he, wine company. Yes, he's he's a big wine guy. He was he was getting up. He was all done. He was walking off, and some guy, hey, are we going to have the scary Terry Chardonnay? And he just kind of gave him a look and sat back down. Gary Terry, I don't know. I think we go with the Terry Rose. Oh, Bring it out to Washington, have a little tasting, figure something out, and we can we can make that work. It was pretty funny. If, they, the, if the Patriots were curb your enthusiasm, Tom Brady would put a wine shop right next door to Drew Bre- to Bledsoe's, right? <laughs> put him right out of business. Put him out of business. Uh, part of that post game actually was replayed on uh, Inside the NBA. It's been fun uh, going back and forth with Terry, but it's mostly been fun because the Celtics are playing great basketball, and I've been a fan for a long time. <laughs> that's, that's, that was cool. <laughs> hey, you know, who was that? Uh, he, he was he's, he's a quarterback for the New England Patriots. You've never uh, heard who of Drew are you, Bledsoe? Eric Bledsoe? All of a sudden, no, I don't know who that is. Uh, you like, don't know who Drew Bledsoe is? No, never heard of him. He was a great quarterback in the NFL. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm say. Hey, hey Ernie, I gotta say something about that. No, he this. started. You gotta be joking. Yeah, he was he great. Oh, yeah. I'm a Cowboys guy. I don't, Ernie, I don't know I, them he, people. But he played for the Cowboys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he played yes, he for did. the Cowboys. <laughs> Didn't he play for the Cowboys for like three years after the Patriots? Yeah, at least Pretty a sure. couple. Yes. I love that show so much. <laughs> I just love that show. Ichiro doesn't know who Tom Brady is. Shaq doesn't know who Drew Bledsoe no is. Who's that? I got no idea. Unbelievable. You know, you, maybe you should try Googling him, Shaq. Try Googling him. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. That's a callback. It's to put a swing on, hit in the air, deep left field. It's got a chance. Gone. Chris Bryant, Cubs lead one to nothing. Hundredth of his career on the third anniversary to the day of his first Major League home run. Chris Bryant, the fastest Cub ever to 100 home runs, beating Ernie Banks by 13 games. He's good at baseball. He is. I feel like just uh, 100 home runs doesn't feel as special as it used to anymore in baseball. I, I just feel, feel like, like you're right. I don't know. I feel like you're right. I feel like the milestone w- would have been celebrated far more. You're right. See, Phil's on the bandwagon. He knows. Doesn't baseball no, accomplishments just, no longer feel the same, at least statistically? It was just, it was, I don't know, back in the day when. It, it, it had meaning. 
It had far more meaning. When guys like Todd Walker hit their hundreds in just, the early oh, he 2000s. He got to 100, didn't he? I have, no, that I have no idea. Are you guys familiar with the Cleburne Railroaders Baseball Club of the American Association? I am not. Well, you probably will be soon. Let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. Oh, I saw this yesterday. He's back. I didn't know it was that team. 53-year-old right? Rafael Palmero is joining his son Patrick, what is who plays on? for the Railroaders. Rafi's back in business. Dude, a little Wait, the mid, ra- mid-league baseball, I Dude, guess. Go, go away. The Railroaders? Now that is coincidental, if not a little <laughs> ironic, based on what he did in Don't that hearing. It's a little too ironic. Yeah. Yes, they are an independent team in Texas. So uh, if he performs, let's say he just hits, let's say he hits 400 in an indie league and hits a bunch of bombs. Would you give him a look at all? Oh, he's 53. You're the, you're no. the Marlins, and you're just looking to put butts in seats and lose games. You're Derek Jeter. No. I would not. I wouldn't even think about it. Real quick here. If you had to bet your life on it, did Todd, Todd Walker hit 100 career home runs? You had to bet your life on yes or no? In some mm. crazy scenario where like someone has, <laughs> where someone has a, a gun a to wep- your head. A weapon to my head. Did and it's Todd Walker hit 100 career home runs or not? Yes he, or no? He was a good enough hitter, and I think he played long enough that if you are going to kill me if I'm wrong, I'm going to say yes. Uh, I I can't. I, no, I can't. No. Sorry, Dave. Your life is I'm over. Dead. 107 career I home feel, runs for no! Todd Walker. I feel like he played long enough. <laughs> Do you know what I How missed? many years did he play? He, w- he, he made his debut in 1996, I think as a September call-up, and played 12 years. Yeah, see, he was around oh, forever. Well, good for him. He was around okay. for a long he time. Play, he was Cubs for a while, Cincinnati, Boston for a minute. Yeah, good for him. To the Palmero point, I miss, and I don't know what, why it stopped, the, the day and age where the Saints signed every piece of garbage veteran guy that came down the pike. They brought Strawberry back here. Didn't Blackjack? Strawberry went back to the Yankees. He yeah. wasn't a piece of garbage. Well, I, but I'm just saying, as far as a boy, baseball player, anyway. If you were trying to, if you were trying to resuscitate your career, there was a time when the Saints would sign you. Mm-hmm. I miss those days. Blackjack, I think, at the end pitched here for, for a while. Um, I think Jason Veritek, after he didn't sign with the Twins, and JD Drew as well, and they they were just starting. But they didn't sign. They played here. Mm-hmm. I liked it when well, a guy Millar like started yes. his career here and then came back last year. Hit a bomb. My point being is I liked the the days when we signed Paul Merrill. And so you'd go to the ballpark and be like, I gotta watch this fifty three year old guy play. I feel like Kevin Millar waking up and even in an indie league and yep. jacking one his first at bat, even if it was a grooved pitch, like for him to hit that ball Doesn't out matter. is amazing. That's awesome. It's crazy. <laughs> you familiar with David Price and how much he sucks now, right? It's not good. Two and four with the Red Sox this year. 5.11 is the ERA. He's not good, and we have a possible reason for his suckiness. We're talking about carpal tunnel syndrome, boys. Carpal tunnel syndrome apparently was the diagnosis on Wednesday. Yesterday, rather uncommon with baseball players, caused by repeated motions, as you know, typing on a keyboard, something like that, or perhaps playing video games, which he likes to do a lot.
Hmm. Really? And apparently that now would do it. he and his teammates have gotten really, really, really into the video game we were talking about earlier For- this morning Fortnite? with Chip. And my ninth graders are all playing Fortnite every day, yeah, hours a day. Never heard of it till today. That's what the Red Sox are all doing. Manager Alex Corris is not from what I know. He's been playing his whole life. It's it's not Fortnite. Come on, hey, come on. If you're the Red Sox, you've painted your franchise into a corner. Well, if the guys aren't allowed to eat chicken and drink beer in the clubhouse, Right, like we're playing video games. We aren't the Red Sox from Bobby Valentine's era. It's tough. What do so, they just sit at their lockers and so we think read books? I guess David Price stinks and is now hurt because of this this game. So he's playing this game so much. We think he might be hurt because of this game. He probably sucks just because the last few years he's sucked. Carpal tunnel's bad, man. So a lot of people go through it. A lot of fallen beat lot writers. Of fall, a lot of fallen fellow journalists. <laughs> I, Pour one out for the carpal tunnels. Early. Oh, chips down, chips down. In the in the early 90s. <laughs> the, way, not, the way Chip uh, types, I've seen him hunt and peck. You no, don't he's get carpal fine. Tumple, he and Royce like are fine. No, I, I once in the early 90s saw someone come into the office. Uh, she had carpal tunnel and had a note from the doctor. Gave the note to our supervisor, and I don't think I saw that person for two months. It was, couldn't even dictate the, oh. the articles? Basically, the doctor said you can't work. Disability. Carpal tunnel. You know, my wrist has kind of been bugging me. You can take that. Do with that what you want. Ooh, yeah. I should probably that, head home. Yep. <laughs> like a two or three month break. But not before I anger people because a new line has been added to an Aaron Judge home run. Swung on and hit in the air. The deep center. Pitch back. Away back. She is gone. A Judgean blast. He hit one into Monument Park. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Case closed. Oh, how about that? I'm going to give that an approval. You like that? I like that. He needs a gavel, right? (laughs) Oh, that's coming. Give him a gavel. I love it. Just tap it twice. Mm -hmm. Case closed. Oh, I'm I'm a fan. Oh, Uh, Roy Smalley in 45 minutes Mm. from right now. Matthew Collar later on football-y things. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. I just want to say thanks for uh, being one of the local radio stations that's been brutally honest. But You guys have been in it from the ground floor, which is great. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by It's Just Lunch. Now up for grabs on the 1500 ESPN stream player, The Pact. By Cody Garbrandt from MMA fighter Cody Garbrandt comes the inspirational memoir, The Pact, an in-depth look into the life of the brawler from his early days in a rough town in the central Appalachian region of Ohio to living his American dream of becoming a UFC champion through the support of an unlikely friendship with a young fan with cancer. Experience the story about the power of friendship, commitment, and the will to thrive. Own your copy of The Pact, available now everywhere books are sold. All right, I've, I've gone down a baseball reference rabbit hole after our Todd Walker. Tell question. me more about Todd Walker's career. No, that's I, no glove, no not, glove at all. I want a little more random Minnesota sports trivia for you, gentlemen. All right, uh huh. The nineteen ninety eight Twins, which Todd Walker was featured Yuck. prominently. This team finished Yuck. the season seventy and ninety two, so it could have been worse. Seventy and ninety two. Your task. Thanks. Should you choose to accept it, uh-huh. is to name the starting nine for that team and then like the three main bench players. 
The starting nine, nine, nine in 90, general, and then the three. So basically, like the twelve guys that played the most on that. Ninety-eight twins. Uh, Pat Mears was a shortstop, if I'm not mistaken. Let me uh, hold. On, let me get my yeah my dinger all set here. Yep, it's very right. personal. Uh, is, yep. I think you just said Todd Walker was at second base. Yeah, so he counts. So you already got him. Uh, Coomer was at third base by then, right? <laughs> Judd, look at Judd. Go ahead. I block bad memories. <laughs> um, I got nothing here. Uh, I'm not helping. I, I, I went to so many of these games. I believe, like these, these exact lineups. I believe Matt Lawton was in right field for that team. <laughs> now, now it gets dicey. This is like watching... This is like watching Ichiro in his prime taking well, that is, bat right now. Judd doing this trivia. And, uh, surgical. Uh, Molitor was on that team, probably DH. I'm actually going back to, uh, then if you recall, the, the team that got uh, that uh, uh, perfect game to, pitched no. the perfect game against was a getaway day. It, it was even worse. Uh, Terry Steinbach? You get three incorrect guesses, and you have none so far. So, but Yeah, but now I'm to uh, center. Halfway home. Now I'm to left field, center field, uh, first base, I think. Because uh, I gave you mm-hmm. the rest of the infield, and then and then we'll give you some leeway for three three bench hitters. Oh God, that's going to be difficult. Um, who the heck played first base the majority of that season? There's a uh, well, I don't want to give you any hints yet because you you haven't even guessed wrong yet. And Dave, you feel free. Yeah, yeah Dave, I'm good. No, I'm doing great. <laughs> Dave, can you help me with left field, center field, or first base? The '98 Twins. The '90. You're missing a guy who stole 37 bases. You're missing a guy who played... Uh, 37 bases. You're missing a 37-base stealer. Um, I don't want to give away too many hints here, but you're missing a, a prominent young player who made who played half the season and made... like It was like his burst out of the scene, sort of. 98 is pre... First baseman. Burst out of the scene. I mean... First in relative terms, but he like played well enough to be their first baseman for Minkavich? I didn't no, he no. played a little too old. Too yeah, old. Too, yeah. Incorrect guess number one. Ninety eight. First okay, first baseman who who became who panned out to become a productive player, clearly for them. You could say that. No, David Ortiz. Oh yeah, duh. Yes. You're uh, welcome, Judd. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> you got seven. Come on, you got seven. The 98 Twins. I'm drawing a blank on center and left. Outfielders, you got uh, one One of the outfielders stole 37 bases, almost 40 years old. Otis Nixon? Nixon? Yeah. Otis yeah. Nixon! You're welcome, Judd. Was Otis... <laughs> that's right, because he was... That's, Otis that's Nixon. Right, Otis. That's right, that's right, because they had Otis Nixon because they had... Uh, and the, uh, you the, said he was 37? He was uh, 39 turning 40 that year. Going wow. on 60. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Always looked like he was 100 years old. <laughs> he, Even in the World Series when he was like a, a yeah. fresh young player. He's like 30. Looks like he's 70. And right. runs really fast. I've, I he feel looked like, like one of those when they put makeup on Kevin Love or Kyrie Irving and <laughs> send him out to Rooker, uh, Rooker Park. Oh, yeah. He that does. was like Otis Nixon in the World Series. I feel like I'm tapped out here. All right. Marty Cordova. Oh, sure. Was the other outfielder. Should've and then the one, three Jim. or four main yeah. bench hitters were yeah, Denny Hawking. Denny yeah. Hawking. You had Denny Hawking. Come on. Uh, Brent Gates, Alex Ochoa, mm. and okay. Orlando Merced or Javier Valentin could have also been. I remember player. them all, but I can't say that I would have guessed. Uh, I take a stab I at the pitching? Got, I should have got Cordova. No, you know, I would like to take a stab <laughs> at the pitching, actually. <laughs> to be a fair, real stab. You, you did classify them as bench hitters, and I don't think those guys could classify as hitters. Sure. Bench bodies yes. would have been. If you remember... Uh, uh, when, Radke was pitching for that team, right? 
Mm-hmm. If you recall what you probably don't, Orlando Merced, I owned him in my rotisserie National League only. I don't recall he, that. He was with he was with Pittsburgh. <laughs> Why would we recall that? No, no, no. But he he was with Pittsburgh, and I think he was pretty good. He was. I think if if you look at Orlando early nineties, if was you look good, at the track sure. of of Orlando Merced's career, I think he was pretty good. Uh, that rotation also had aging Bob Tewksbury, aging Mike Morgan, and uh, oh, Mike Morgan. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Gordado had not become everyday. Oh, he was everyday, Eddie. He just wasn't good everyday yet at that point. <laughs> he was everyday, but it was like, yeah, I get shelled everyday, Eddie. And then uh, Greg Swindell yep. and Rick Aguilera's second stint with the Twins. And is, is that the stint where he came back as a starter? He was a closer again by that point. Okay, because he came he back. He had 38 saves on a bad team. Wow. So so his, wait, wait, wait. So his first, so Aggie was traded to the Cubs when? Does it say? Oh, like 96 or something? Okay. 97. Yeah, he was traded to the Cubs, and then he went to the Cubs and was a closer, and then I think he re-signed here as a free agent, as a starter for a while. He wanted to start, and started for, I don't know, X amount of time period, and then went back to closer. Need a shower after that one. That was uh, oh, look at the line. Memories, look man. at the line. Happy anniversary, nineteen ninety eight. Go 20th. look at the box score of the Yankees per <laughs> of the Wells Perfect Game. That box score is it's mind boggling. Gates played that day. Can we can we do a twentieth anniversary? Can we bring that lineup back to Target Field and celebrate what happened <laughs> at Yankee Stadium that day? Can we bring David Wells back yeah. to and see if anybody can get a hit this time? <laughs> the same lineup. Yes. <laughs> they all get three give shots him up, at him. Give him enough beer and he'll be happy to come back. I'm sure he yeah, I'm sure he'd be glad to. Man once um, had gout. Drank so much. That's an interesting fact. He did. They put him they DL'd him. He had gout. Uh let's come back. Okay. StarTribune.com had a story. Are we hypocritical when it comes to our criticism of Randy Moss like fifteen years ago? Mackie and Jay.